Well, as I mentioned before, uh, this morning we are continuing our series in gospel-shaped worship. Uh, We started a few weeks ago by uh, asking the question, what is worship? What is worship? And of course, worship is is more than just uh, singing uh, or what we do on a Sunday morning. Uh, It's it's all of life. Worship is a a whole-of-life response to our incredible and, and gracious God. And then uh, last week, we saw that the only trustworthy foundation uh, of our worship is the gospel. It's the gospel message uh, that kind of underpins and informs our our life of worship. And so if worship is an all-of-life response to God's goodness, if it's firmly planted on the foundation of the gospel, uh, I reckon that's that's not a really small thing, is it? An all-of-life response, firmly planted on the gospel, that's actually a really big deal. It's a really big deal. And so, of course, in this, we really need God's help. We need God's help to do that. And the question is, how does God help us with that? Giving our entire lives in worship is a big deal, and we need God's help. So how does God help us? And I think it's an even more relevant question as we, as we think about kind of what's going on in our lives and our world at the moment. You know, when our society seems uh, increasingly hostile towards Christianity, when football club CEOs are you know, asked to choose between their job and their faith, when we're kind of uh, bombarded with all these alternative uh, gospels held out to us to believe in, uh, and where more and more the kind of mantra of our culture is to live your truth. And so against this backdrop of our kind of culture and our society, you know, living a life, an entire life of worship to God, it's really hard. It can even seem impossible. In our passage today from 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to a guy, Timothy, who is a second-generation church leader. And Paul's writing to encourage Timothy uh, and to urge him to kind of keep going, to keep holding on to Jesus, to keep preaching the gospel, proclaiming the good news, even in the face of opposition. You know, what Paul wants to help Timothy see, what he wants to help us see as we read these words, is that we need... Uh, what we need more and more as we follow Jesus and worship him with our lives is we need to have our lives equipped by God's word. In this passage, Paul's going to say uh, a few things. He's going to say three things about the Bible that are, I reckon help us to think about how his, uh, God's word uh, connects with our lives and equip our lives uh, for, for giving them in gospel, gospel-centered worship. Uh, my daughter, uh, our daughter Elsie, uh, turned uh, seven just a couple of uh, days ago on the 19th, on Wednesday. Uh, Ollie, our eldest, he's about to turn 10 next Sunday. Yeah, our kids are getting a bit older now. They're starting to grow up. And, you know, as they grow up more and more, we start to realise that they kind of need us a bit less, don't they? Our kids need us a bit less as they, they learn more and more. They, they start to do more stuff for themselves They learn more about what's right and wrong, usually. 
They learn what to do, what not to do sometimes. Uh, they become more and more independent. They become a bit more confident. They're, they're a bit more self-sufficient as they continue to kind of learn about how life works and, and how the world works. You know, for Deanne, my wife and I, our, our job has been to kind of nurture them, to, to nurture them and teach them about the, the basics, the fundamentals of life so that they can keep heading towards being a, a fully formed human being. You know, the stuff that they learn now will be really important. Stuff they'll need for the rest of their lives. This is kind of the thing Paul's talking about as he writes to Timothy here at the start of our passage. You know, the, the first thing he says in verse 14 is, is that it's the word of God that nurtures and establishes uh, our faith in the gospel and, and that that's worth, uh, something worth holding on to. Verse 14, Paul says, But as for you... Now, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from who you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. In the, the, uh, the section just before these verses that we're looking at, uh, Paul, he's been, uh, Paul's been warning Timothy. He's been warning Timothy to be really careful about uh, imposters and evildoers who will oppose and, and persecute and uh, try to deceive. And so Paul says to Timothy, he says, but as for you, in contrast to those people, as you face all the opposition that comes from them, here's what you need to do. Here's what you do. He says, continue. Hold on and, and continue in, in what you've learned and been taught from the Holy Scriptures, from the Bible. It's these Scriptures, Paul says, that have nurtured Timothy. They've nurtured him throughout his life as he's been kind of carefully taught the Bible by those close to him. It's God's Word that teaches us Everything we need to be saved through Christ. Everything we need to begin a, a new life, a, a life of responding in worship to our God. And so God begins to equip our life, begins to equip us for a life of worship as his word nurtures and establishes our faith in Christ. You know, for many of us here, that began when we were, when we were kids. Uh, and for others, this nurturing and establishing of our faith kind of happened a little bit later in life. Uh, but for just about all of us, it was because someone close to us, someone that knows us, someone we know and love and trust, took the time to teach us the Bible, to read the Bible with us. It's because of that that we came to know the truth of the gospel. It's something that Deanne and I have tried to do with our kids as they, as they grow. You know, right from the start, we, we really wanted them to learn and be nurtured by God's word as we kind of read it together as a family. And, you know, that's been a, a whole lot harder and more patchy than I had hoped and thought it would be early on. It's hard work. Uh, but we still see the fruit of that. We see the fruit of our time in God's word with our family. As the kids uh, begin more and more to kind of talk uh, confidently about parts of the Bible that they remember, things they remember about God and what he's like. 
as they ask questions, as they kind of uh, ask, uh, ask hard questions about what things mean, things that they've been hearing from the Bible. You know, it's really clear that God's word continues to be at work in their hearts, continuing to, to shape and mold them and make them wise for salvation. And so parents, and even those of us who aren't parents, but maybe we have people in our lives, our friends, our family that we want to know Jesus, I want to give you both a challenge and, a, and an encouragement here. And the challenge is this. We need to be really thoughtful about this. It's really important. We need to be really thoughtful, constantly thinking about how do we help our kids and our families and our friends read the Bible, engage with God's word. How do we help them to see the, the unfolding story of salvation through Christ that is happening as, the Bible, uh, as we read the Bible? Helping them learn and remember the truth of the Bible so that they can continue to hold on to it as they enter and live a life of worship to God. We need to be really thoughtful about that. And I know how hard it is. It's really hard. And so here's the encouragement. You're not in it on your own. You're not in this on your own. At DPC, we're a church family. Uh, we're part of a church family where we actually we want to see this happen for each other. We, we are here to support each other as families and friends uh, as we do this, you know, in lots of informal ways, as we do life together and just exist uh, together. But... Also, there are a bunch of people in our church who faithfully uh, serve, who are committed to teaching your kids the Bible, to teaching other people the Bible in lots of different ways, whether it's kids' church or little kids' church, whether it's edge, in growth groups, lots of different things. We're part of a church where people want to help you teach the Bible to those around you. And so you're not in this on your own. And, uh, you know, especially for parents, there's a, there's a bunch of really helpful kids' Bibles uh, that uh, can be helpful in this. Uh, these are a couple of these that Deanne and I have read. We've started with the Big Picture Bible with our kids early on. Uh, and uh, kind of in the last few years, we've read through the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is a bit more, uh, uh, yeah, story-based, a bit more uh, content in there. There's the kids get older. They're, they're really great. Uh, and Joshua was telling me he started reading this other one, The Biggest Story Bible Storybook. It's a funny title, but apparently it's really good. Uh, and so these are just a couple of resources. These are some simple, really uh, easily available resources for, for families uh, wanting to read the Bible together um, uh, with young kids uh, that are really uh, kind of helpful uh, for, fam- yeah, for, for families. So uh, if, you, if you want some of those, if you need to kind of know, hey, how do I get my hand on that? Uh, you can talk to me, talk to any of the staff, uh, talk to Joshua. He has a bunch of these different Bibles already. There's some really helpful, uh, really helpful resources that we found as a family. God uh, equips us. He equips us for worship as his word nurtures us and establishes our faith. And he gives us something we can continue to hold on to even uh, despite the noise and, and, and the opposition we might face as we follow Jesus. 
Uh, over the past uh, month or so, uh, Deanne and I, we've been kind of working a fair bit on our lawns and our garden at home. Uh, last year, we built some new garden beds. This is, our, this is the front garden at the front of our house. Uh, last year, we kind of built the garden beds, and I planted a few uh, marayas there. Uh, don't ask me what any of the others are called, because I don't know. Uh, but they, the, the smaller ones we, we recently planted, we went to Bunnings, we got a few new plants. Uh, this year, we've tried to plant a few more things as the weather warms up. We went and got them, we planted them, we watered them. Uh, I'm not too uh, very good, I'm not a very good gardener, not much of a green thumb. I think Deanne and I would both admit we are very, uh, look, we have to try really hard not to kill plants. Uh, but so we got them in there, we got them established, uh, we watered them, put some mulch around them, yeah, and they're looking, you know, they're looking healthy, which is good. Uh, this is, well, it's probably been two weeks since we planted those, and they're still alive, so that is a win in our book. Uh, but of course, that doesn't mean we stop caring for them, does it? It doesn't mean we stop tending to them, which is probably what we tend to often do, is we think, yep, we've done a good job, and then they kind of get lost in the noise of life, and you, all of a sudden they're dead, and you go, oh, that's right, I was meant to water that plant. Uh, but we don't, need to, we, don't, we, we don't stop caring for them, do they? They still need water, they still need pruning, they need feeding and fertilising. And as a gardener, we need to do far more than just kind of plant things and kind of let them be, don't we? Uh, we need to keep putting time and effort into them. In a, in a similar way, you know, the Bible does far more than nurture us and bring us to faith in Christ. It most certainly uh, does that, but it does more than just kickstart our life of worship. It definitely does that. But there's something incredibly unique about the Bible that gives it the power to keep bringing about change in our lives so that we worship God in the way he deserves. Uh, look at uh, the text with me from verse 16. This is what Paul says, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful. Uh, the phrase God-breathed, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit of a weird phrase, but I think it's easy enough for us to, to kind of get our heads around what Paul's saying. You know, the Bible's God's word to us, isn't it? Uh, you know, our breath and our words, they're deeply connected. When we uh, speak, it's our, our breath that kind of carries our words out. And so, Paul says, the words of Scripture, the, the words of the Bible are, are God's word to us. They're breathed out. They're revealed to us by his Spirit and, and written down on the pages in front of us. And because these words are from God, breathed out by God, Paul says they're useful. They're really useful. What are they useful for? Verse 16 continues, they're useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word has the power to do some really important and really incredible things as a, in our lives as we kind of immerse ourselves in it and sit under it. It teaches us. It teaches us how to think. It teaches us the things we need to know. It corrects us. It corrects uh, our way of thinking. It, it helps us to kind of refocus on God. It helps us to, to, uh, to get our lives back on track when maybe we're kind of going up the wrong path. It rebukes us. It calls out our sin and tells us when we've got it wrong. And it trains us to be more and more like God in righteousness. As we spend more and more time in the Word, meditating and reading, the Spirit goes to work in us. 
powerfully transforming us more and more into the, the people that God wants us to be, making us more and more mature. And it shapes both the way that we think and the way that we live so that we might truly be able to do the good work that God has for us. The things that honour and please him. Things that point people clearly to him. Our whole lives transformed for worship. God's word equips us for worship as it transforms our hearts and our minds and our whole lives so that we can worship him well. And so we need to stop. We need to take time to read. We need to chew over. We need to wrestle with and meditate on the word so that the spirit might go to work in us powerfully. It's not always easy though, is it? It's not always easy. It can be really hard to carve out decent chunks of time in our week, uh, in our day, uh, to, to be attentive to God's word. It's hard at times. You know, I've by no means mastered this. It's still an ongoing uh, struggle. There are times when it goes really well and there are times when it is really hard. But here's a few things that have kind of, uh, over the years, uh, kind of helped me stay in the word, to be attentive to God's word, even when it's hard. Uh, there's three things here I'm going to suggest. They're really nothing... Uh, by no means uh, kind of uh, revolutionary. Three really simple things that have been helpful to me. The first is uh, listening to an audio Bible. Uh, particularly when I was kind of uh, back being an electrician, I would drive a lot, and so uh, I would have all this time to listen to stuff, and listening to the Bible was a really great way of kind of just hearing God's word read to me. Uh, lots of it, lots of big chunks of the Bible, which was really great. And it kind of connects in a, in a different way than it does when you're reading it for yourself. So that's, uh, that's one way. Uh, the second is to use a Bible reading plan. Now, I know uh, this is another just really simple way, but um, I use an app, the ESV app on my phone, which has a bunch of just pre-built uh, plans in there. They're always adding new ones as well, too. And so you might like to read the whole Bible in a year. That feels really daunting and feels like something I'm just going to fail at sometimes. So uh, I like there's ones that I can read through an entire book uh, just in a really strategic way. Those are really helpful things as well, too, that keep me uh, attentive to God's Word on a regular basis. And this third one is one that uh, I know Joshua has been kind of spending some time with uh, youth uh, doing as well too, and it's reading small bits of the Bible slowly. I think one of my, uh, uh, one of my uh, I don't know what the word is, my hang-ups I suppose is at times that I feel like I've just got to get through more of the Bible. I need to get through more of the Bible, so I need to keep reading so I can get to the end of that uh, book or the end of that chapter so that I've got the, the, the volume of content. Uh, but I've found real value in changing tack at times and just committing to reading small bits of the Bible really slowly to stop, go back and read, go back and read over the same uh, chapter, even part of the chapter, and to sit and think and then go back and read it again and not be too concerned about how far I get. Uh, and it's been really valuable. Uh, to make sure that I am actually being attentive to God's word and not just kind of skipping over it, thinking, good, I've finished that book now, I can move on to the next one. Anyway, uh, these, you know, again, no, uh, no, by no means revolutionary, but these are some helpful ways that have helped uh, me be attentive to God's word over the years. 
uh, God's word. Uh, it equips us for worship as it transforms our hearts and our lives and brings us to maturity. And so we need to be in it. Uh, we need to be carefully thinking about how we might uh, continue to be attentive to his word. I, uh, parents, you can uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but when your kids are watching TV, it's really easy for them to just be absolutely oblivious to what's going on around you, isn't it? Does anybody disagree with that statement? That's good, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure I'm the same, but I know my kids, there's a, Ollie uh, has really, uh, my eldest son, he started uh, enjoying watching uh, videos on YouTube kids of other people playing video games, which just baffles. I don't know why that's... Uh, anyway, uh, the, these other boys over here might be able to tell me why that's fun, but watching other people play video games just really doesn't seem exciting to me. But if Ollie's watching that, he is just in a trance. There's, you know, I can be calling out to them, I could be in the same room, standing right next to them sometimes, got to physically shake them uh, to get their attention. Uh, unless I use a magic word. There's a, there's a number of magic words, but one of them... And I'm sure this is a magic word for lots of us. Ice cream. Ice cream. I don't use it very often. I don't use it very often. It's very powerful. Uh, <laughs> it's a magic word. You know, as soon as I say the magic words, ice cream, boom, got their attention. So I've got to be careful not to overdo it. Uh, you know, of course, as adults, we're not really any better. It's just that you know, the things that distract us, the things that kind of take the bulk of our attention, they just change a bit, don't they? And you know, as Christians, we can be really easily distracted. We can be easily led astray by false gospel claims. We can be led astray by people or things that uh, just tell us the things that we want to hear. And so what we really need is that thing, that kind of magic word that gets our attention and, and helps us focus on what's true and right and good. It helps us focus on God. And that thing, uh, Paul says, it's not a magic word, but God's word. It's the Bible preached and on repeat. That's what we need. And Paul says to Timothy in verse uh, chapter 4, he says, I give you this charge, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Why? Verse 3, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Now, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading that, I'm thinking that I want to say to Paul, hey, like, that time has well and truly come. Now, we've seen, even in the, the last little while, uh, uh, clear examples that, that our world, that our people around us have very little room for claims about what is true and right and good. Our tendency as humans is to kind of block out the, the voices that make us uncomfortable, the voices that are confronting, the voices that uh, call out our, uh, or expose our sin. And so we wander. We wander in search of those people, those things who will uh, tell us that we're okay just the way we are, that will tell us the things we want to hear, that will stroke our ego, things that will tell us our way of doing life 
and uh, faith and everything is the right one. We like to hear uh, what we want to hear. And we're not immune to this kind of thing in the church, of course. It's easy for us to wander. It's easy for us in church to only surround ourselves with people who agree with us, who kind of affirm the things that we think. Even as a preacher, it's it's really easy uh, to spend my time only listening to the voices that almost kind of confirm the things that I feel like I want to say from the Bible, things that I'd like the Bible to say. Which, of course, doesn't mean that it's, it's wrong to listen to other Bible teachers or to read really widely about the Bible or, or to read a bunch of different things. But I think the warning from Paul here is clear. We need to be careful because we are all too easily led astray. We need to be careful. We need the word of God on repeat. We need to keep putting ourselves in places where God's word can break into the noise and challenge us and correct us and encourage us. The phrase Paul uses here, uh, itching ears, it's a bit of a weird one. I don't think I've ever really heard it used anywhere outside of the Bible. But it's this expression that's kind of talking about the the kind of curiosity which which looks for kind of really interesting and spicy bits of information, you know. Uh, And and the thing that uh, scratches our itching ears is these new messages, these new things that kind of satisfy our search for bits of uh, new and better things. This is what Paul is warning against. And so often we, we block our ears to the truth as we wander looking for these new and better things and we let our imaginations run wild with uh, all sorts of crazy stories and controversy and conspiracy. But when the Bible is preached on repeat, Paul says, that'll help guard against our tendency to wander. It'll help guard against our tendency to get distracted and led astray. You know, the reality is when the the word of God goes to work, it's going to challenge us. It's absolutely going to challenge us as we we sit kind of under faithful Bible teaching. Our hope is that we'll be encouraged. Yeah, of course we want to be encouraged. And a lot of the time we will be. But it seems even more so as we read Paul here that what God wants to do through the preaching and teaching of his word is to break into our noisy and often self-centered lives and call our attention back to him. To call our attention back to him and the work that he wants to do and needs to do in our lives so that we might live in a way that worships him the way he deserves. We need to hear the word of God preached and on repeat. God's been incredibly generous and gracious to us, hasn't he? In sending uh, Jesus to save us from our sin, rescuing us from death, giving us hope and life and a future with him. This is really good news. It's great news and it's news that drives and motivates our response. A response of, of giving our whole lives to God 
in worship. And that's a really big deal. It's a really big deal to give our lives to Jesus in worship. It's a huge deal to stick with Jesus and to to hold on to our faith and worship our God when so often we feel like there is so much opposition, so many other things telling us not to. And so we need the resources that God gives us through his word. Because it's through his word that God equips us and he gives us everything we need to worship him with our whole lives. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, it is such good news what you have done for us through the Lord Jesus. And it's good news that demands a response from us, Lord. And you call us to give our whole lives in worship of what you've done for us and who you are. And Lord, we want to do that, but it is really hard. It is really hard to give our lives to you when there is so much other noise in our lives, so much opposition, so many other things that really want to distract us from you and what you've done for us. Distract us from living in a way that glorifies and honours you. And so, Father, we pray that you might continue to equip us by your word, that it might be central to everything that we do, both in our whole lives through the week, as we gather on Sundays and everything that we do, that your word might be central. And that by your spirit, you might continue to use it to equip us to live lives that honour you, lives of worship that point other people to you, that we might worship you, our great God, in the way that you truly deserve. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.